Harry, I have no idea where this will lead us, but I have a definite feeling it will be a place both wonderful and strange. out. This busted those peaks wide open, oh, yo. Look at these peaks. We just swimming in peak. Well, no, it's just two. Just two. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> no more peaks. It's just two peaks. <laughs> are we, are yeah, we recording I now? did hit record. How about the levels? How about the levels? The levels look good? Well, you know what? I, I did tweak them, but that was because we were having like a like a real chill, like our conspiracies <laughs> yeah. real talk. And, and now we're all high energy because it's like, boy, do, boy, do I got a deal for you? Okay, let me go this way. I'm going this way. <laughs> we brought our energy all out. I wish I had that coat now. I just gotta casually say it on. So anyway, buddy, you want me to tell you about something? So anyways, our conspiracies are real. Did so we anyway, really you land on the moon. You ever think about? Would fire really melt steel? <laughs> Is there really a monster in Log Ness? <laughs> oh, God. 15,000 conspiracies in this book. You know what? <laughs> 15,000 conspiracies, and they're all real. <laughs> uh, what if it was like one super conspiracy that combined them all? Like it was uh, Bigfoot that killed. <laughs> that killed <laughs> Robert Thank Kennedy. you, thank you. That's what I was going to say. Uh, oh, my gosh. And we never made it to the moon. But Loch Ness monster, because didn't you know that she's the, in the sea of tranquility? The ancient in the ancient languages, because you know how it's always like vague. In the ancient languages, the original word for moon was Loch Ness. Not saying it was aliens. Lunar. If you try, not saying, not saying it's aliens, but, but think about it. Think about it. <laughs> Oh, boy. When do we start our own conspiracy cast? Oh, man, right? This Can side. you imagine? Oh, God. But you know what? It would be so scary, though, is no matter what ridiculous things we come up with, we would end up with, like, thank God you guys are saying the truth. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, we if you ever need a safe place, here's my address in Virginia. <laughs> totally off the grid. Oh, anyways, guys, you're listening to the same piece, y'all. <laughs> Uh, a podcast where uh, two librarian geeks, uh, we watch the TV show Twin Peaks, one episode every, every few weeks. Every few weeks, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, my name's Eric. And my name is Tess. And um, uh, Eric, how many times have you watched Twin Peaks? <laughs> you mean this one episode? <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh. Or I, the entire show at all. Well, I watched the entire show. How many episodes are we into it? <laughs> Well, um, we are we're, on, we're up to season two, episode ten. Um, so I think that's a total of eighteen episodes that you've watched. So I've now. watched Twin Peaks eighteen times, and that is only <laughs> I am as current as we are on this episode. Um, Tess is the super fan. I'm still thinking about conspiracy theories. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I need to shake those. Although, maybe maybe we'll find some conspiracy theories in this episode. I am actually physically shake, uh, brushing off my shoulders. I'm brushing the conspiracy theories away. But it is appropriate because there are a lot of 
theories. You I, really are. So, so for if we have any new listeners, welcome. But I do not look up any theories or any ideas or any things from the future of Twin Peaks past where we currently are in the cast. So I don't know what theories are, but Tess, can you confirm or deny there are theories about Twin Peaks? Lots of theories yeah. about Twin Peaks, maybe, for sure. Maybe when we're all done... I know we do a lot of like production work on the air, but maybe when we're all done, <laughs> we can meeting. we can spend yeah we can spend some time uh, doing an episode going through like those big theories. Yeah, maybe. sure. That'll I mean, any, I think any TV show where you've got uh, FBI like government agents and uh, a darkness in the woods, uh, both of those things lend themselves to theories. So I'm still laughing about all our conspiracy theory talk. Oh my goodness, boy! Do I when we're done this? I've, I've got a book I need to sell you, by the way. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. Uh, we have an update, don't we? Or do... Uh, or do we? But, it's a conspiracy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was just saying, I don't know if it's an update, but an official thank you to our buddy, Chris. Yes. For that amazing photo <laughs> of us on the set of Twin Peaks. <laughs> I'm playing Tessa's favorite song, and you were there on the ground. You know, because that's not weird. When I play my music, usually women sit on the ground around me, and uh, you look like you're enjoying it. Yes, um, uh, same peaks, y'all. Uh, I uh, probably indisputable number one fan. Chris uh, made some really awesome fan art for us. He uh, he did a really cool, uh, super imposed uh, uh, picture of. Of you mm-hmm. as James uh, singing Just You and I and me joining Maddie and Donna on the floor you, doing the oohs and ahs. Uh, <laughs> um, I, think it's a- I think when he sent it to me, he also said, like, here's you and Eric singing your favorite song. <laughs> <laughs> like, so even like Chris is like trolling me <sighs> online now, which is great. I think it's really funny. I saw that. I showed it to my mom and, and she, she is probably really confused. She, well, she liked it. She thought it was funny. Um, but it is if if you are interested in seeing the image, our Twitter handle is at same team y'all. Yeah, That's the name totally, of our mothercast. Totally tweeted it out for everyone. Feel to free enjoy. to check it out and feel free to follow us. That's once again at same team y'all because that's the name of our other cast that we do. Um, but yeah, thank you so much, Chris. You are a genuine friend to the cast. So indeed, your it's your, official. your peacock feathers are in the mail. <laughs> yes, Every, everyone who's an official friend of the cast gets an official peacock, and each peacock feather somehow <laughs> is embroidered with your full name. You know, <laughs> and your social security number. We have like, <laughs> I have like conspiracy theories on the brain now. I can't kick them loose. I can't kick them loose. Eric, hmm? speaking of conspiracy theories, will you oh read the Log Lady oh. intro? I will. This Thank you. Right complications set in. Yes, complications. How many times have we heard? It's simple. Nothing is simple. We live in a world where nothing is simple. Each day. Just when we think we have a handle on things, suddenly some new element is introduced. Everything is complicated all over again. What is a secret? What is the secret to simplicity, to the pure and simple life? Are our appetites, our desires undermining us? Is the cart in front of the horse? Oh, Snaps are for you. I realize I don't read the word undermining too often. <laughs> I look... Or or handle. Yeah. <laughs> I actually don't read that often at all. 
I, for a librarian, you read very you know little. Conspiracy theory. I can't read. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that is the uh, what is the intro from the Log Lady for episode ten of season two of Twin Peaks. Yes, perhaps referring to the many complicated plot lines that are developing now that the investigation into Laura Palmer's murder is over. So many new developments uh, happening that we will that we will see. So many new developments, or should we say mysteries? So many mysteries. I don't want to tip my hand, but this episode, oh boy. Oh boy, indeed. Mm. So this is season two, episode 10. Let's get into our recap. Um, this uh, the arbitrary title of this episode is Dispute Between Brothers. Mm-hmm. And it, it opens with a beautiful shot of the road with trees on each side. And then we get the, the time jump of three days later. Three whole days later. Three days later mm-hmm. after our monumental previous episode, the events of the last episode, Leland's dying, being the, apprehended. Bob possibly going into an owl. Possibly. Uh, all of, the mysteries being solved all about Laura and the, the letters under the fingernails. Doc Hayward is about to administer a sedative to, to Sarah Palmer, mm-hmm. uh, but she doesn't want it. She wants to attend Leland's funeral, and she wants to be present for all of that. And Coop is there. And he tells her uh, about what transpired. Um, he tells her that Le- Leland didn't really, he believes Leland didn't really do the terrible things, that it was Bob. And he tells her that as Leland died, he said that he loved Laura and that Coop believes that um, Laura forgave him and welcomed him. Um, I was so so while he's telling her this, the camera like zooms in on her face again. Yes. Uh, luckily, it doesn't go into her mouth like <laughs> previous scenes. Yeah. Um, but I was really happy to see Agent because it's one of those things like who do you tell about this spirit, Bob? Right. Right. I was really happy that he did tell Sarah right mm-hmm. about it because here's her daughter's dead, mm-hmm. and then. She's led to believe her husband murdered her own daughter, and that her husband's dead now. Yeah. I mean, Talk that's about intense. that it well, that's more than intense. Like how would you carry on? But you see like on her face that she gets like this kind of relief, right? And yeah. I, I almost feel this is the first well, maybe not first time, but now I'm seeing Coop as like um almost like a like a spiritual like guide. You yeah. Know? But not for any specific religion or right. I don't even think even any specific belief, even though he goes, I've practiced in the Tibetan method. Right, you know? Right. But I mean, but almost like for whatever's going on, like he helped Leland and now especially when he touches her, he goes, You can't let me say you can't understand it here on your yeah. head or here in your yeah. heart. You know, it's really interesting, you know. We do get a shot of that fan though. <laughs> <laughs> You know what? I'm so glad you said that because we saw the fan spin and yes. I was like, I got your number, buddy. Yeah. I, got, I know it. At the very end, the final episode, like the fan comes down and goes, finally. <laughs> the no, fan speaks? The fan, yeah, no, no, no. Fan turns towards the camera. Okay. <laughs> this is this is my- uh, This is a prediction. What, what did I call it last time? I think it was called my uh, my Eric's Crackpot Theory of the, the episode. I'm giving it early. Last episode of The Return. So at the very end, the fan comes down from the ceiling- Turns towards the camera and says, that was a breeze. (laughs) (laughs) 
that was Eric's crackpot that, that was, theory. That was the dad's. Episode. That was Eric's dad joke of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that fan could still be up to something. <laughs> um, there's an amazing feast laid before them at Beautiful. that reception. Um, Nadine's cleaning her shoe. Well, because uh, she's worried. <laughs> She worried some boys are going to be able to see her underpants, she right? Is, yeah, she's concerned. You ever worried when you because you wear skirts all the time? You yeah. ever worried people can see your underpants in your shoes? Never. I don't wear shiny shoes, mm. so I don't have for that, that reason. Concern. I yeah. understand. I guess. I guess. For that reason, I've noticed your shoes are never shiny. <laughs> Uh, Hank brings Sarah some food. Uh, Sarah is uh, chatting away with Audrey and Donna's mom. That was kind of an interesting combination of people yeah. sitting there chatting. People we don't see too often. And then also you get the feeling that Hank is like, hey, I got this for you. Like, because he's a swindler type guy, right? Yeah. But she's not tricked at all. She's like, no, thank you. Yeah, because he even like shows Norma. He's like, yeah. ooh, look, I got this for Sarah. I got this played for Sarah. And then he gives it to Sarah and Sarah's like, oh, great things. And I think Audrey even says something like, do they invite people to this yeah, or, or do they just show up? Like, No, we're introduced. Is this a new character? The woman, the young woman in the wheelchair? That is Donna's mom. Oh, we met her once, yes. right? Oh, okay. Okay. Yes. Maybe twice. We maybe. met Donna's mom and we don't know why she's in a wheelchair, but she's in a wheelchair. That's Donna's mom. Will the dove attack me if I ask, do we ever find out? Um, I don't think the dove will attack you, and I don't think we ever find okay. out. Okay. I mean, maybe it's not that important. I forgot that we had met Donna's mom. Maybe, maybe, maybe twice. So, that's me forgetting. Is your computer okay? Yeah, that's right. just my computer saying, Eric, you forgot that that's Donna's mom. It's <laughs> <laughs> okay. There are, like, like, a whole bunch of characters in yeah. this TV show, and they, like, I'll show up at this funeral, so it's okay that you're like, wait, who is that? Yeah. To include um, uh, a couple new characters that we meet in this episode, um, James is not at the funeral. No. Um, Donna and Big Ed chat about him very briefly and that well, he's, he's I guess he's kind of taken a leap of absence. Um, from, from motorcycling. <laughs> from life, it he, looks like. He, well, doesn't he... <laughs> He well, I mean, everyone's close in this neighborhood. So I was gonna say, isn't he nearby? But everyone's nearby, yeah. right? You know, so um, Jacoby's back. Jacoby Woo! is back. He looks like a million bucks. This yeah, man, yes. He, the uh, uh, Hanalei Bay mm-hmm. had like very healing properties. He's wearing for his him. signature glasses. Yeah, he's got his signature Hawaiian shirt his on. His tie is sufficiently high above his belt to make it look <laughs> not uh, not great. Very bright, yeah, colorful. Yeah. It was. I was good to see him back. You know, um, uh, Major Briggs is there. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's two old men squabbling. Yeah, we'll come back to them. Um, Briggs asks, "What's next for Coop?" And Coop says he is probably going to cash in some uh, hard-earned leave, some vacay. Yeah. And Briggs invites him to go night fishing, and Coop says, "Aces." Aces, <laughs> which probably means. I would love to do that, buddy. <laughs> I am. I really like Coops and Major Briggs. Like, uh, I kind of like. They have a budding bromance. I, I feel like so. You know how they say, and I when I say they, like, who is they? But like that, it, like the collective they, the the like society. society. <laughs> like, if you're with a partner, like it's helpful if your partner is kind of different from you because uh-huh. you fill in your own like gaps in your personality I feel that that's why Coop and Truman are such good friends okay. but I think Coop and Major Briggs are 
are very similar. Like, yeah. so similar that they, they would be the couple that you're like, why is Coop with Truman? Coop and Major Briggs would be a much better couple. Because <laughs> I feel like they, they've got it figured out. And even – and we don't know a lot about Major Briggs as far as, like um, – uh, like if he studied the Tibetan method, right, right. Or, or whatever. But I feel that whatever he's tr- also kind of a spiritual guy. Whatever truth Cooper uh, Coop is learning, um, uh, uh, Briggs has figured out his own way, right? Mm-hmm. Like I feel like they're synced up. Oh, yeah. boy. oh boy! Oh boy! Oh boy! Oh boy! Those two men. Um. Then we see uh, kind of a scene of Sarah reminiscing yeah. uh, about Laura and Donna and how they were best friends and how it's important for her to remember these things, even if it's painful. And then the two old men start an actual physical altercation. The one guy like grabs the other guy's ear and the yeah. other guy like, kicks his knee. Now, from what we can see, like it looks like one of them insulted the other one's woman. Yeah. And Pete then, and then Coop gets the lowdown from Pete. Pete comes in to give us the lowdown. So one of the old men is the mayor of the town. Yeah. Which we haven't met before. Dwayne. Yeah. And The Rock Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> and he's apparently been the mayor forever because I think uh he's just always run like unopposed. <laughs> I think someone asks Harry, like, do you remember when Dwayne first ran? And he's like, Wasn't it like nineteen sixty two or something? And then his brother is Dougie, who runs the paper. And Dougie is ew gross, engaged to a teenager. And I guess they're having a disagreement about one of those this. January uh, December January deals. December one deals. of those January December deals, as Pete describes it. Um, <laughs> and then after they describe all of this going on, Coop looks at Harry and he says, "I'm really gonna miss this place." <laughs> so I I, I, I don't want to tip my hand so much as far as how many fish and percolators have, but I really enjoyed this episode because I felt like a, a few things withstanding. This felt like. This felt like if there wasn't a giant catastrophic event of Laura being murdered, right. this is our day-to-day Twin Peaks, which yeah. I really like. I like, like, because I, you know how I gave Truman such a hard time. I'm like, why is he not a better sheriff? Well, because his main duty as sheriff is to break up fights between two elderly gentlemen, right? Like, I felt like this is like a typical day for Harry, you know? Yeah. I, I really like that about this episode. It felt very cool. Yeah. I mean, it is kind of strange that this is all happening at the funeral of a previously, like, much cared for member of the community who was possessed by possibly a demon. But not everyone knows that, right? right. Like, I think it, the general right. public just thinks he lost his mind. Right. You know, and I guess the general They don't public, know the whole story. Yeah, yeah. They don't even know, probably, that he murdered Laura. I don't think... They no. probably just know he died somehow. Yeah. Right? Yeah, that's a good point. Tragic accident yeah. at the police station. Yeah, these things do happen. Yeah. You know? Oh, my goodness. Um, Jacoby and Big Ed are trying to get Nadine registered for high school. Yes. So it looks like Jacoby is going to be taking over Nadine's which, treatment, which makes perfect sense. Perfect sense. Jacoby you know. is the psychologist in Twin Peaks. You know what Jacoby would say about this problem, though. It's a sexual, it's all, of a sexual nature. All problems <laughs> are of a sexual nature. Um, this man knows what life is about. Speaking of 
of sexual, uh-uh. um, Cooper's packing up. He's packing up all his boxers. Did you catch that? Well, I saw him folding them. Now Do we you... know. We now we know that Cooper is a boxer. So man. what's so funny is, oh, I, I was wondering this whole time. I was like, is he <laughs> boxers a boxers or man? Briefs. Um, I actually Plaid today boxers. just by a weird coincidence folded my clothes today, and yeah. I was folding my boxers. Today, yeah. Did so. you? Did you like? Um, I felt like I was like live. Well, what Cooper I did. So I was folding. There. I was folding all of our clothes. Mine and. Amanda's and I always fold my boxers. Amanda tells me. And now we know that Eric is a boxer. I am a boxer boy, but I'm real, this is a quick tangent. But then hashtag boxers boy, boxer boy, get it, tw- get it trending, guys. I'm a boxer boy, uh, boxer, uh, boxer house boys. <laughs> I don't think that works. But anyway, I just felt like I was kind Look of like boxers. becoming one with Coop, folding my underwear nice. at the same time he was too. Um. Audrey arrives to mm-hmm. heighten the sexual tension, um, and Coop has to remind her that he doesn't date teenagers, yeah. specifically those involved in cases that he's worked, and we find out why yeah. he was in love with a material witness on a case he was working, and I guess he was um, assigned to guard her 24-7. Um, he was working this case with his partner, Wyndham Earl. And there was an attempt on her life made. He was not prepared for it because of his feelings for this woman. And she ended up dying in his his arms. arms. And his partner, Wyndham Earl, went mad. And this is another... So, I think I mentioned in the last episode that we're kind of like resolving a lot of loose Mm -hmm. threads and mysteries. And this is another one that was kind of hanging out there. Yeah. What had happened? What's his past? It's a sad story. It is a sad story. Yeah. And he was injured, too. Which, highlight all of that for yes. me real quick. I realize I haven't highlighted a bunch of things, but... Is there anything else I should highlight? Um, just highlight highlight all of the his backstory. And it. then highlight Dr. Jacoby and um, Nadine. Yeah. Yes. I always get Nadine and Norma mixed up. <laughs> Two. Hopefully Big Ed doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> um, Audrey says, one day she'll be a grown-up. And Coop better watch out. Because she's coming for him. Yeah. And she also says that he only has one problem. And it's that he's perfect. You know, has anyone ever told you that before? No, I thought it was really sweet. I thought it, well, not, well, I guess it's not like being arrogant if someone has something. But people have told me that before. It's really weird. Yeah. People have told you that? Yeah. That like, your only problem is that you're perfect? <laughs> Not exactly, but almost those exact things. Like, your only problem is perfect. But it's so funny because so, so... I think I have told you a similar compliment, which is that if I didn't love you, that I would totally hate you. <laughs> is that the same thing as saying your only it's problem a, is that you're perfect? It's a similar compliment. And I hope that you weren't weirded out by that compliment. No, <laughs> but you're right. You're absolutely right. Like, I've worked with people that say something like, uh, like they didn't trust me because they're like, Who, why is this guy smiling so much? <laughs> What's his deal? And it's like, it's just me. But when when she said that, she walks out of the room. And you see on his face, because so this is where I'm going with this, yeah. is that when you see on his face, he's thinking, I am nowhere near perfect. Right. Which he, is the same thing I think when people say something like, mm, are you kidding me? Yeah. If I was perfect, that one would be alive. If I was perfect, I would have caught this guy before. If yeah. I was perfect, you know, I feel like Coop is under a very strict regiment with his body and his spirit. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? To be you better, you know? Yeah. So. But that also means that maybe he's not, like, accepting love from people, too. Except for Truman. <laughs> except, for, except for Truman. Except for his true love. Yeah, except for his true Harry love. Harry Truman. Harry 
Uh, yeah, I, I, I true love, true I'll men. tell you right now, if I was to ship anyone, it'd be him and Briggs. Just, <laughs> I mean, can you imagine? Is that your OTP? Talk here? about the unified field. More like unified it's your, feels. It's your, it's your TP OTP. <sighs> those, just those two men, like they, they somehow, <laughs> I feel like Coop has, uh, this is such a rant. Tell me if I'm like going, because I know this is our recap. Tell me if I'm like going too like off the boat. But I feel like. Coop has stumbled upon whatever truth he knows, like, through hard work. Mm -hmm. And for some reason, I feel like Briggs has just known it. You know what I Uh mean? Whatever that means, you know? Yeah. Briggs, you know? Like, Coop works for it. Yeah. Briggs, it's inherent. He has it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, yeah. Anyway. Um... But I feel like if like Major Briggs started a cult, you you would like join him. <laughs> oh man, yeah, <laughs> probably. Maybe I'd be like, tell me more, tell me more. You know, I really do think, and I I would love to because the more I've gotten, if Briggs knocked on your door. <laughs> And said, can I tell you about the unified field? <laughs> can you? Can I tell you about the unified field, brother? You know, or, or he would probably say something. Not, can I tell you about the unified field? But can I remind you? Because you've already known. You've just forgotten about it. You know, he would say something like that. I'd be like, come right in, sir. Come right in. Oh my goodness. Uh. Oh, Bobby is getting dressed for a meeting with Ben Horn. Yes. Shelly is exhausted. Well, she's been taken after taking she's care of Leo. Taking care of yeah. Leo this whole time. Bobby um, <sighs> is under the impression that he's gonna impress Ben Horn. The um, this scene actually kind of made me sad because I hadn't realized yeah. how hard she was working on <sighs> taking care. Of, I mean, it's hard work, yes. right? And the thing is, what did she do when Leo was alive? She took care of Leo. She did. I mean, Leo's still alive, but when he was still moving around, was he doing now? Still taken after him. You know what yeah. I mean? Oh, my goodness. Oh. Shelly. You poor know? Shelly. Gosh. I mean, <laughs> I say poor Shelly. In part, she's responsible for her own decisions. She is responsible for her own decisions, but she's been heavily influenced by These Bobby. men. Yeah. Leo or Bobby. These and men, yeah. Bobby. I think Bobby is, if we're like to, not that we want to label anyone like a villain, but if we were to label people villains, <laughs> uh, clearly Bob, Right. Right. Is like the spiritual. I, I, he's a spirit that will come and murder you, literal villain. But then Bobby's like the. He's like the boyfriend that will manipulate your feelings and your your thoughts until you end up doing something you're not supposed to do. It's funny because not just boyfriend partner. I guess I, I don't should think say. Bobby like knows that he's doing something no. bad. Well, he, I think he thinks that he's doing the right thing for her. Yeah. For but, her or for him. And he's so young. Yeah. And she's so young. That well, later there's that scene where he bumps into Audrey, Audrey. and he's like, shouldn't you be in school? I was like, shouldn't you? Everyone should be. <laughs> you, everyone should Everyone be in, in, in this room should be in school right now. <laughs> what is happening? Okay. Oh, Catherine Martell is waiting in Harry's office. Yes. And she's all uh, dressed like she's been hiking in the woods. She with went to LL. She went to LL Bean and <laughs> bought some good outdoor, outdoor and she's, stuff. She's got a story. Yeah. And the story is that she escaped into the woods the night of the fire, and that she walked all the way to her family summer cabin in Pearl Lakes, and that she only came back because she ran out of food. That's the story that she's saying. It's so it's interesting too because like this is 
if Harry was gonna like, let's say he could have not that he need not that his sh- uh, police skills need to be redeemed, but let's say they need to be redeemed because they have been less than stellar the past eighteen episodes. Somebody named Eric uh, were unsatisfied with. Let's them. say I was I was giving his um, his uh, workplace performance eval. I probably wouldn't give him stellar reviews, and this would have been a, a great moment to really see if he can poke holes in her story. But instead. He just decided he, he believes her, right? Well, he is maybe he's just listening yeah. to it for now. Or maybe he believes I her. do think if I was to give him points, I do think the way he not that it was interrogation, but the way he addressed the whole situation. Because mm-hmm. he could have been like like he could Something I do like about Truman is that he is very, like, low energy, mm-hmm. right? If it, there's a person sitting on his desk that he thought was dead for how long? Yeah. And she's just sitting there instead of being like, What? What are you doing here? He's like Oh, Catherine. Aren't you supposed to be dead? Aren't you dead? He's like, uh, and she's like, I'm sure you've got questions for me. I was like, I've yeah. I've got a couple. I've got a couple. Yeah, <laughs> I, I did really appreciate that about him. And I guess if we were to talk about Coop and Truman's relationship, Coop's, <laughs> Coop keeps his energy controlled, but he is still high energy, mm-hmm. right? Like, he he's he comes into a room, he's got things he's going to do, right? Truman kind of, like, saunters around a little bit. <laughs> Maybe he'll get some coffee. Minor mystery introduced in the scene, what was in the paper bag? We find out later in the yes, episode, right? Do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, Dick Tremaine. <laughs> Has had a real turnaround on the baby thing. Uh, or yeah. so he claims. He claims to have quit smoking. He claims to be doing good deeds. By the way, Lucy is trying to change a light bulb in the scene. And she almost falls off the ladder while Dick is claiming to well, have had such a turnaround and want on, to be a father. He's climbing on the side you're not supposed to climb on. Yeah. Like the ladders. If anyone at home uses a ladder ever, it's not... Two people climb up, I don't think, no. right? It's one side you climb up, and the other side is to keep the ladder together. They're not runs. I was really worried the whole ladder was going to collapse, especially once Andy started climbing on it, too. Yeah. This is not a three-person ladder, guys. This is one person. Andy um, comes out, and he he uh, he is going to win Lucy with what he says to Hawk, morals and manly behavior. And he comes over because he sees this display that yes. Dick, Dick is trying to win Lucy's heart here yeah. with this turnaround over the baby thing. And Andy comes over and he says, well, you know, I see that Dick is here, but we're all going to be friends until I love how he puts this yeah. until we uh, until they know who will be throwing that baseball <laughs> or building that dollhouse. <laughs> and I would have to say Lucy kind of was into that. She was into that. Well, display. She looked like she's about to kiss him on the ladder. She did. She's coming to lips. Her lips and his lips are very close to touching. She, at first, she looked like she was going to kiss Dick. Yeah. And then she was like, oh, maybe I'm going to well, kiss Andy. It's funny, too, because Dick has given her this story about how he's turned around and he's helping this young kid that he refers to as, as a waif. You know I mean? <laughs> Come on. And, 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 and she says something like, is this the same Dick Tremaine? Like, she's buying yeah. it, right? I don't think we're buying it. No. Buying it? I wasn't I'm buying, buying it either. Um, uh, listeners, tell us if you're buying it at <laughs> samepeaksyall at gmail.com. Um, but then he... He walks up, and I thought, Andy, great display, right? Because yeah. we're all going to be friends, shake my hand, and Dick gives him kind of like a really, like, wimpy, like, you know, yeah. handshake. And then he, he, he comes, he goes back around the corner to Hawk, and he's like, did I overdo it? You know? <laughs> Such a great scene. It was really it was good. That good. ladder, I don't know. That's another mystery, how that ladder withstand the weight of three people. <laughs> I don't know where they got that ladder from. Ladder. Yeah, it was just, 
from the darkness in the woods. <laughs> uh, Harry gives Coop a green butt skunk. Yes. Which, is that a fishing lure? Is that what that was? I, I don't, don't know, know much about fishing. The, from the paper bag. So, mystery quickly solved. Mystery solved. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he's into it. And he tied it himself. Yes. Well, his dad taught him, and his dad's dad taught his dad. Coop is... Is just beyond pleased. To I'm get this pretty present. sure in some timeline that means they're engaged now. <laughs> he also gives him a bookhouse boy patch. Yes. Which, if you're a secret organization, you probably <laughs> shouldn't have a visual patch. Does that but... mean that there are like levels? Like when you, <laughs> so when you he's leveled up to patch when you level. abuse your authority three times, <laughs> you get this type of patch when you become that level. I'm really, I actually have to be perfect. They're like the scout. I, yeah, I know. I don't know. What is the patch for? Like, do you put it on your bag? Or uh, he I says, "No, wear it in good health." Is, you yeah, know. Um, and then he does the nose or eyebrow thing. Yeah, all the guys. It changes do it different. everywhere. You yeah. do it here. You do it there. The, you do the it there. Salute the bookhouse. Well, that's the salute. best secret salute. It changes depending <laughs> on who feels like doing it. Um, we have this scene of Coop saying goodbye to everyone. Yes, it really reminds reminded wait, me. Wait, wait, wait. Go ahead. I've got one too. Should we both say it at the same time? Okay. Here, wait. Okay. So the scene you're talking about is everyone's lined up getting ready to yes. say goodbye. Okay. The, the Wizard of Oz! <laughs> yes! Yes! I was in there and I was like, I thought the same exact thing. It was a great scene though. It was. It was really uh, good. He's saying goodbye to everyone until suddenly a Mountie yes. and a and special agent Roger Hardy of the FBI mm-hmm. arrive. To inform Cooper that he's been suspended from the FBI. And Coop knows why. He crossed into Canada to rescue Audrey Horn um, without letting anybody know. Um, Also, there are, quote, disturbing allegations as Mm -hmm. to his, quote, motives and Do you think they were listening to this podcast? (laughs) And they just wrote down all the things that I was calling Truman out for. And they were like, we need to, like... Figure this out. Something wrong is going on. Oh, Bobby's attempting to blackmail Ben with that tape. Yeah. Um, Audrey helps him out a couple times. And then Audrey tells um, Bobby that she likes to lick stuff. Well, so. <laughs> yeah, that's. That's a quick recap. Ben um, seems to have kind of like given up. Right? Yeah. He, he had, was not looking good in that scene. Well, he lost a lot of money, right? Yes, he did. But he's not, like, destitute. No. But, I mean, he's, like, you know, not looking good. No, he, he was... I do like his line where he, he calls the secretary disheveled. and he goes, he goes, get me a fly swatter. There's a bug in my office or whatever he <laughs> says. Such a there. cute line. Um, it's really interesting, like, this weird... And maybe I'm reading things wrong, but this weird semi-romance between the two... Because I want Audrey and Bobby. Audrey and Bobby, yeah, not Bobby and Ben. That would be a, a different type of romance. Although now that I'm thinking about it, that could be really fun as well. But um, <laughs> between Audrey and and Bobby, but and at first that felt kind of weird. But now I was like, you know what? They're both kind of like he's a bad boy, she's a bad girl, mm-hmm. and she likes to lick things. So. <laughs> and she has just been rejected by Coop yeah. again. Yeah. So maybe she's on the. Rebound. I'm gonna be so sad though if he does end up with Audrey because I mean Shelly has given Shelly Shelly has given this boy everything. everything. Yeah. Shelly, girl, 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 girl. We looking out for you, girl. Um. Girl. We looking out for you like you looking after Leo's teeth. <laughs> Uh, Roger Hardy and the Mountie interrogate Coop. 
Um, basically, Coop is a suspect in, like, three international murders. <laughs> Whoops. Um, and drug trafficking. Yeah, because the drug went missing. The drug yes. went missing. The, the Mountie says that they were doing a sting, and uh, Coop screwed it up, and some of the drugs went missing. I completely forgot that. Which Renault are we up to? Jean or Jean? <laughs> Jean. I completely forgot that Jean made it out. Yeah. You know, crazy. Yeah. Um, Made it out with the drugs, too. Apparently. And they, yeah, they mentioned that the DEA will be investigating this, and Coop has to surrender his gun and his badge, and Harry's interrogation is next. Yeah. And Harry knows that they need all kinds of paperwork in order okay. to get a statement from him. How did he figure that out? So, anyway, they, well, this is like the only good police work this, that he's done in a while. I think there's a scene that we might have glossed over a little bit before where, where who's the guy that's interrogating them? Agent. Agent Hardy. Agent Hardy's like explaining the coop, like what you've done wrong. And mm-hmm. Truman's like, What's that word? <laughs> and he's like, what is it? And I, I know, I'm looking at this. And I, Coop knows it all, right? Like, when he was breaking yeah. these these laws, right? Yeah. You know, to do what was right, you know, which is, you know, it's a gray area. But he was doing what he felt was right. And he probably saved some lives, too, by yeah. doing breaking these rules, um, which makes him a true bookhouse boy, you know. But, I mean, Truman is, like, lost. Like, he was like, wait, we can't just go into Canada? You tell me I can't just do this, you know? Um, but then he came in. Do you think he did? And I won't even bother highlighting this for a mystery. Do you think he, like, did a little research first? <laughs> I mean, I don't think he knew about... No, he well, probably did some research. Yeah, he yeah. probably, like... He was what? probably... Because you Maybe see, when Lucy, he came in, he did a little bookhouse like, boy... I've got your back. I've got your back. A little bookhouse boy salute. Like, yeah, I had Lucy look into it, and I know exactly how to get these guys off her back. <laughs> And all he has to say to these guys is that Agent Cooper is the finest lawman that he's ever known. And you can help yourself to some coffee on your way out. Yeah. Which is, I mean, I, I got to tell you, I, I, know, I know I come down pretty hard on Truman, but I have really started, like, not coming around as far as his, I think he's still, I mean, there's no way around it. He abuses his authority. But I think he's a good guy. And even if I'm, like, giving the Bookhouse Boys a hard time, even I would have to say I was feeling some feels when he gave him the patch, you know, <laughs> he gave him the patch and he did the eyebrow thing. And I was like, yeah, bookhouse boy, you know. <laughs> oh, Nadine is set to be the best cheerleader that Twin Peaks High has ever had. That audition is going great. <laughs> it's so great, too, because it's like. She's trying I out keep, for the cheerleader. I keep squad. thinking that this show will just forget about this plot line. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? I keep thinking that but no. But they don't because there are other plot lines that sometimes show up and then kind of disappear, yeah. right? But this one sticks around and to the point that please Tess and, and and for listeners, you probably understand this. I'm watching each episode like just once every two weeks, right? Or more. <laughs> and so how did Nadine get superpowers? Oh, wait, yeah. the super strength. She got she took a bunch of pills. Right? The super strength, she's kind of always had that. Yeah. Because we saw her break the the, um, exercise. So it's not necessarily tied to her thinking she's a little girl. Yeah. Yeah. So she she always had super strength, but now it seems to be even more, right? Like she had, she broke the exercise equipment, Mm -hmm. but like we didn't see Ben, or we didn't see Big Ed worried he was going to get crushed, like... Yeah, that was that was the only kind of uh, display of her feats of strength that we saw before. Highlight her and her feats of strength, because I think I do okay. have a theory about that. Okay. Believe it or not. All right. I think I do. Oh, Shelly. Shelly's brushing Leo's teeth. <sighs> She's talking to Bobby on the phone, and Leo moved. I've And also, not only does he move, but then the... 
the camera just cuts. It's very scary. It's a very scary scene. Creepy. Well, to be honest, the second they move Leo into the house, we know Leo's a murderer, right? And a wife beater. And a, a, a ponytail enthusiast. <laughs> nothing. If any of our friends are uh, that are listening are wearing ponytails, nothing against you. But I mean, the way he wore his ponytail. I mean, I think we can all agree. Um, but and then then you move him into your house. That's scary. Yeah, it was a bad idea all around. When I was little, I used to. I think I watched the movie Mannequin. You ever see this movie? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, where in the movie there's a ta- tangent alert, but it, it will tie back to Twin Peaks. <laughs> okay. In the movie, there's this guy that's at a department store, and a mannequin comes alive, and she's like a sexy lady, and they (laughs) they are in love. And it's not a horror movie at all. It's a romantic comedy. But when I was a kid, I thought it was really scary. Something about these mannequins are alive. Because she's alive all the time, right? Uh When she's just a mannequin, she's alive, and then she's moving around. So I used to think mannequins were very scary. I think Leo is scary the same way, right? Yeah. Like he's a person. Uh, clear, he's clear, alive in there. He's alive in there. You don't know how much is he under – is he listening to everything they're saying yeah. and just like, I'm – the second I get up, I'm going to kill you. Or is Ooh. he just out of it? Like they're assuming he's out of it, but yeah. you don't know. Is so he just creepy. in there thinking about new shoes, you know? <laughs> new shoes. <laughs> what was that? Did he, he spit too? Oh, I forgot he spit after his new <laughs> shoes. New shoes. Spit. Um, Norma got a bad review from the famous food critic. Another mystery resolved. It was revealed Mm. that her mom is M.T. Wentz, the food critic. And and Norma is so upset, she asks her mom to leave and not come back. This is a great. How do we feel about this? About the mom? Yeah, about this, about the fact that the mom wrote a bad review of her daughter's restaurant. Uh, uh, for for like a plot turn, mm-hmm. I think it was a, like a almost a masterstroke because it's one of those things you don't see. Uh-huh. You wouldn't assume it's the mom, but then in, in retrospect, you look back and go, "Oh, it should." Oh, yeah, because she comes in. What's the first she's thing? Been critiquing her food this she's whole time. Literally been critiquing, right? <laughs> it's like such a great twist. That's um, M Night Shyamalan. Take some notes. Um, I actually love M Night Shyamalan, uh, and is well, not personally, but I love his work. Um, but um, maybe I would love him if I met him. I don't know. But uh, the fact that she's critiquing this whole time. And then you're like, who could be the critic? You know, <laughs> yeah. it's a great twist. As far as her doing it to her daughter, that's that's a different type of parenting than I than I would do. Yeah. Right? She does try to redeem it. Like I think in her head, she thinks that that review isn't like scalding, right? Mm-hmm. Like she's probably given some real bombs out there. Yeah. So like the fact of saying, hey, if you want to come for the local flavor or the color yeah. or whatever she says, she's probably thinking that's like letting her off easy. But yeah. Still. And she also has like an excuse like, well, I'm a professional food critic and I can't, um, I can't, you know, uh, let my family you know, I can't let any nepotism and she stand says, in the way. She says, but I'm your basically. daughter. Yeah. I'm your daughter. I, I don't know how this works. And if we have any professional food critics listening, don't laugh because we could. We could. We could. Totally I know could. I always make that joke all the time about anything, but this one could be <laughs> realistic. Please email us in at uh, samepeaksyall at gmail.com because I wonder if. If she had an option, like, I, I do kind of get where she's coming from. Like, that's her job, right? Mm-hmm. And, like, I'm Freya's dad. For new listeners, Freya's my daughter. But when I'm doing story time at the library, I can't just always be – you know what I mean? Like, if I've got – we've got these twinkle star wands and we do them for a song and we put them away and she wants them, I can't give them to her because I wouldn't – you know what I mean? Other right. kids don't get to play with them. Right. So, I do understand that there's that separation – 
But I would ask, and this is for our food critic listener friends, that could the mother have just chosen not, not to give to a review? review that That's one. what I would have chosen. That's what I would like have Like if it was truly – well, to be honest, the true answer is you don't review and then – well, maybe she would say she was trying to help in her own way, but she wasn't being helpful, mm-hmm. you know? It's one thing to give advice, but it's another thing to, to give advice in a way that is demeaning, yeah. you know? So Rough. Rough. Uh, Rough. Hank and Ernie are at One-Eyed Jack's. Um, I'm really hard. It's really hard to get a read on Ernie because yeah. it seemed like Ernie didn't want to cooperate at first because he's like, I kind of wish I wasn't here. I feel bad that I told my wife I was going hunting and I'm here instead. I don't really want to get back into a life of crime. But then Jean Renault shows up and Ernie is like, yeah, look, I've got all these connections. He gets right into the game. Yeah. You know? And um, it looks like they want Ernie to funnel some money they're selling cocaine and the mountie is in on it i did not realize that was the mountie because of your facial blindness i have i know i literally this is a revelation to me i thought that was just a new person in that the room blonde guy was the, the guy in the mountie outfit also the mountie for new listeners i have partial facial blindness anytime someone changes his clothes i go <laughs> i don't know who you are it actually, I sent you a text. Remember, happened to me recently when I was out yes, and about, you know. Yes. And I was like, I don't know who this person is. Did you ever figure out who that person? I did. Was? I'll, I'll okay, say good. it for I'll say it for our other podcast. Okay, but right, I, cool. I did figure it out. All right, cool. <laughs> um, that yes, yeah, so that was that Mountie. And at first, oh, that I will makes tell all you, the sense now. I will tell you. At first, I was like, is this just part of the sting? Like, is that why yeah. he's there? But no, they're clearly trying to um, frame Cooper. But because so John Renault has a vendetta. So does that him. mean that the sting was a fake sting? Probably. Yeah, because that Mountie is in um, Jean Renault's pocket. I, I honestly did not know that was him. Holy smokes! Also, the fact that they're going to sneak some on his his vehicle, similar to it wasn't James. Someone snuck some cocaine yeah. in in his um, motorcycle as well. Very sneaky. Um, this is so. I watch this. I told you this, but I don't think I mentioned it on the cast. I watched this episode with my daughter Freya, who is a year and a half old, and I don't usually worry too much stuff about like content around her because yeah. she's so little, and I'd be happy to explain anything she sees. But the only thing that did get me a little hesitant because this was actually a pretty mild episode as far as like yeah. violence yeah. was when they came in with the two uh, ladies of the evening because yeah. they were very like very much hugging and kissing on them and then luckily they sent him away because <laughs> I don't know um, but anyway was, I'm glad you told me that was the Mountie Harry is sleeping in his long johns by the way I thought that was kind of cute um, Josie shows up at his house yeah well, you, you see someone come around. You don't realize it's her. And he gets that gun. Yeah. yeah. And they get to kissing immediately. But isn't she hurt? Yeah. But Harry doesn't care. So weird. He's just going to kiss her. It's so... Here's the deal. He's so, weird. I, Harry... <laughs> I don't understand. Well, because remember, there was, this actually made me think of that scene where he's kind of like asking her questions. Like, why were you... I think she was like yeah. staking someone out. And yeah. then she immediately was like... She was like, tear, oh, tear my tear dress. My dress. <laughs> tear my dress. And then he, he's like... Harry asked too and was like, uh, uh, me man, me tear dress, you know? I mean, <laughs> me, that's a, me kiss girl. It's weird because she came in hurting. Yeah. These, and those are, so here's the deal. Like, uh, this is just my personal opinion. I think there's two types of kisses. Sweet kisses. Like, I'm going to work. Mwah, here's a kiss. Mm-hmm. 
I missed you. Here's a kiss. And sexy time kisses. Yeah. Those are sexy time kisses. Yeah. And I can understand. Let's say Amanda came in. For new listeners, Amanda's my wife. She came in and she's hurt. Here's some, I missed you kisses. Let's get you to the doctor. No sexy time kisses. Yeah. That's why I always no, get confused. It's, it's like, I, where the hell have you been? That's like, why I get confused when I watch a movie and like two, two, two main characters uh, barely survived a thing or at the end of a big battle or yeah, something. Yeah, and they, then they're like. They sexy time kiss. <laughs> to me, that's not even on the table. It doesn't even make sense. A hug is much more appropriate. Yeah. A hug and you saying, thank God we made it through. Like, like in Rogue One. In Rogue One, yes. And I, I, you know me, I love, and I know we're going on the kiss tangent, but that's okay. Um, Chris, if we've done too much kiss talk, email (laughs) us in. Super fan, keep us straight, please. But one of my, I don't want to know if it's one of my favorite movies, but I very much love the movie Man of Steel. I love the the Zack Snyder Superman. And at the end of that, they do a sexy time kiss. And it just feels so like, what is it? You know what I mean? I guess it's just a movie trope. It's what you do. But it's it's just like. In real life, though, you know? Yeah. That don't, that don't belong on the table. <laughs> that don't belong on the table. It is weird, though, when it you're watching weird. it. You're like, Harry, she's, she's on the ground, have, and she's like, oh. Don't oh. you have a couple questions for Josie? Like, isn't oh, she supposed to be dead? Or also, too. She's been missing. Is that I know there's some overlap, but I know this is so down the road. I know there's some overlap, but there's like the I love you, I miss you. And then the, the I love you, I miss you, and I sexy time you. He's giving her sexy time kisses. So does that mean he more sexy time thinks about her sexy time than <laughs> than her being like a person. I don't know. It's just just a weird uh, scene. It was really weird. I, I do like Harry. I'm lo- I'm turning around, but boy, this scene. You know, get her to a do- is she, does she have broken arms? Yeah, I don't know. Her don't, tongue's down her throat. We don't know what's wrong. Maybe with he's her. checking her temperature. He's <laughs> 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 like, this, this is the only way I know how. <laughs> <laughs> on the floor, she's all dirty. Like she's been walking through the woods. I mean, what is going on? <laughs> Can you imagine if it was reversed? Let's pretend Josie's at home. Yeah. And Harry comes in. He's all disheveled. And she grabs him, throws him on the floor, and starts sexy time kissing her. It's absurd, right? It's insane. Or, okay, here it is. Here it is. Okay, picture this. Let's go back to... I know. I'm sorry. Let's go back to that previous scene. Let's pretend Harry did something wrong and Josie is questioning him. She's like, why are you investigating him? And he goes... Josie, tear tear my pants. Josie, tear my pants. Not in a million years would that work on a woman. Are you kidding me? Not to say what anyone's thinking, but come on. Truman. Okay, that, that end of my tangent. Chris, keep us in line. Oh my gosh. Briggs and Coop are roasting marshmallows. And they're discussing the forces of evil in the universe. As one does. I feel like every time they talk, it's like, <laughs> I feel like, like, for, like there is, I don't remember the name of the book, but it, there is a, there's a book out. It's something to do with happiness. And it's a, it, it's basically following the friendship of the current Dalai Lama. And I think it's like Archbishop oh, Desmond, Desmond Tutu. Tutu. The and book it, of joy. Thank you. And the book is just like their conversations that they have. And I feel yeah. like there should be a book of just Coop <laughs> and Richard Briggs talking. Oh. Because I mean, like, those are like the deepest, most profound conversations, right? Right. And the marshmallows probably look really good, too. Yeah, yeah. those look tasty. Yeah. And Briggs asks, have you heard of the White Lodge? Very nice. Now, this is, I think, one of the, and correct me if I'm wrong, one of the first new mysteries being yeah. added to our plate. 
Uh, Should I highlight it? Go ahead and... Yeah, yeah, thank you. You should highlight that because so far this episode, I think, has been great because it it continues a lot of, like, Mm sub-mysteries that aren't necessarily involved with Laura Palmer's death or her murder. And then really the only other major thing going on is Coop being investigated. But that's not a mystery because we kind of understand why, right? right? But this is the first, like... But we don't know how it's going to turn out. We don't know how it's going to turn out. That's true. You know, but yeah, he mentions the White Lodge. And this is the first time I was like, hmm? Huh? What? <laughs> go go blah, blah, blah. <laughs> These are all noises I made when I watched the episode. Uh, but Coop has to take a leak. He's got to go pee. And um, and when he does, he hears an owl hoot, and then all of a sudden lights, and there's a mysterious figure, and then there's a disappear a disappearance of Major Briggs. Yeah. And Coop has a very surprised face. And then the end of episode. The lights go out. Go ahead. I know you highlight a White Lodge, but highlight White Lodge, highlight mm-hmm. owls, and highlight the figure with light. These are, th- I'm considering these three different things. Okay. Oh, boy. And that is, to me, this episode felt like a season premiere. Uh-huh. Like we ended. Like we ended we, with. We're, we're turning a corner, right? Right. We, we, we resolved. That was like the, the half season. Yeah. We resolved the biggest there. mystery, right? Yeah. Who killed Laura Palmer? Which I honestly did not think we would do. I thought we would get all the way through the return and still not know, which I would have been comfortable with, uh-huh. you know, but we resolved that and now we're moving on to something new. Oh boy. Oh boy. <sighs> oh boy. <laughs> Let's move on to talk about those mysteries in our next segment. So many mysteries. Am I uh, putting too many tangents in there? Or is no, that okay? I is that the right amount? Okay. I mean, Chris will let us know, but... Chris, Chris, yeah, Chris will keep us straight. Okay, Chris, best friend to the cast. Um, uh, what's our mysteries? Most All right, us? let's see. The first thing you had me remind... Uh, excuse me. The first thing you had me... Uh, what is this? Highlight. Highlight is Jacoby. Okay, wait, wait, stop. <laughs> For the listeners, Tess literally stared at the highlighter in her hand and said, what is this? <laughs> you had me highlight it so that I would remind you of Jacoby and Nadine. Yes, Jacoby and Nadine. The So anyway, I think it makes perfect sense. I'm... I don't think we know why Jacoby's back. I guess maybe he's healed up, right? Uh-huh. But it makes perfect sense why he's involved, right? He's yeah. like the town psychiatrist. And I guess while we're talking about Nadine, I'm going to go into like the, uh, uh, I think we highlighted it later, yes. but I'll just go straight into it. Your theory so, about her superpowers? I think I got myself a little mixed up. I forgot that she had super strength before, mm-hmm. you know, because how long have we been doing this cast, Tess? Uh, it's been a while. I don't think we've come up on a year yet. I don't think so. Yeah, but if for listeners, especially if you've found us online, which, by the way, we appreciate each and every one of you. But for you, like if you've listened to all of them, you know, we're, there's usually between two weeks between each episode, sometimes even more. So, like, I forget some of the stuff early on. Right. So, I forgot that she had superpowers before she took the pills and almost died. So, I think she's always had superpowers I think Big Ed is always known, and I think he hasn't been worried about her, like, ch- choking him to death with her super strength because she knew about it as well. Mm-hmm. Then when she almost died, for whatever reason, thinks she's a teenager and forgot that she has forgot super strength. About That's what I think. Strength. So now I think the only reason so she doesn't know how strong she is. She's like a puppy. You've got it. Yeah. Because she's she thinks she's a teenager 
And because I was wondering, like, if she's had super strength this whole time, how come we haven't been seeing her, like, accidentally tearing doors off refrigerators gotcha. before? Yeah. So I think she must have forgotten. And I guess Big Ed can't tell her the same reason why he can't tell her she's not, like, a high schooler. You know, he's worried she'll get confused and punch him through a brick wall. Right. So the mystery that still stands, how'd she get those super strength, mm. right? Um, hmm. So I've got a couple choices in front of me. Psychic stuff, <laughs> darkness in the woods, <laughs> and the giant. I'm going to go, oh, something to do with the White Lodge, is what oh, I'm going to say. Oh. Or it could be, didn't you once have a theory about, like, the whole town being built on, like, a gas leak or I something? I did, yeah, I did. I, I mean, that's still possible. <laughs> still possible. I mean, uh, yeah. Um. Oh, you had, uh, you wanted to talk about Coop's past. And how he was in love with the witness yes. and his partner, okay. Wyndham Earl. Such a big reveal, mm-hmm. right? This is a big reveal. The way it's revealed in such a simple way, because I think you could have easily wanted to show some kind of like flashbacks mm-hmm. or something, right? You know, but he didn't. It was just him talking to her. And then when he's done, he's like, did you hear enough? Right? Yeah. You know, not not in a mean way, but like, did I answer your question? Oh, I yeah. bet you didn't think it'd be a bummer story, but it was. Yeah, you know? did that completely answer your question? Did that completely answer your question? And she's like, oh. And she's like, would you do love her? Yeah, I loved her and she died in my arms, yeah. you know? Anyway, all that to say is, was Bob involved? Because mm. he certainly said something. Was this in Chicago? Or no, not in Chicago, Philly. It? Did yeah. he say something in the last episode about? I think he did. I think he said yeah. something and then Coop reacted like, huh. You know? So then once again, leads me to believe, uh, because I've often wrestled, wrestled, dramatically tossing and turning in my sleep, (laughs) wake frantic, (laughs) not getting any sleep, wrestled with the thought, is Bob just randomly running around killing people because he's a loose maniac who likes killing and sexy time stuff because he's, you know, an animal type person? Or is this a personal vendetta against Coop? The fact that if we are to believe that Bob was involved with whatever happened back then, and he may have been the person who killed the person that the the woman that Coop loved, makes me think it is something personal. Which makes me think we have not seen the last of Bob. So scary. So scary. Um. Let's see what else you had me. What do we got going on here? You had me highlight. Yeah, not a lot, because there weren't a lot of new mysteries in this episode. White Lodge. Yes. Okay, so White Lodge, I think, has to do with the giant, has to do with, if there's a darkness in the woods, dark, right? Mm -hmm. I think the White Lodge fights it. And I think the Bookhouse boys may be involved with the White Lodge, even if they don't realize it, kind of. Like, they're kind of doing the same thing, because they even reference the darkness in the woods, right? Um, and I think if I was to guess who's on the White Lodge, uh, like if we did a roll call, right? Uh-huh. Roll call! Uh, Major Briggs. Uh-huh. Log Lady. Mm. I would also say, um, who were we just talking about? Um, Cooper? No, not Coop. Well, he's a possible, you know. Uh, Major Briggs, Log Lady, Jacoby. Oh, okay. I think so. And, um... Maybe someone else. I'm trying to think of anyone in the town that feels like they know more than they should. And all of the the criteria for being a part of the White Lodge is to want to fight the darkness and possibly having that connection to that special psychic something. Sarah Palmer could possibly uh, be a, uh, a candidate to join the White Lodge, you know. So where do they get their powers? We don't know. What is their organization? I don't know. But that's my guess is that there's something. Oh, and the giant, obviously, too. Also, the giant is the one. This is another one of those twists that would make a lot of sense similar to 
um, Norma's mom being the cri- critic, uh-huh. food critic, because Major the giant said the owls are not what they seem. And then the next day, Major Briggs shows up. And he's like, look at this report, right? Like, it would make a lot of sense if there was some kind of, like, connection c- there. connection going on, right? Also, well, there's a couple things going on. But I think those are, are, are members of the White Lodge. And I think if Coop hadn't decided – by the way, that scene was so great because they're like, White Lodge is a mystery. And Coop is like, I would love to hear that mystery in five minutes. <laughs> As long as nothing happens in the next five minutes, I will hear what that mystery is. so cool. Who does it a lot? He's like, I know who's the murderer mystery. Oh, it'll wait till morning. It'll wait till morning. So I think, I think if he wasn't interrupted, he would have been, he would have been, um, inducted, like asked to join similar to the bookhouse boys. Like this is just another faction in Twin Peaks. So, Mm. 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 Um, and the owl. Okay. So. And the figure and the lights. Owl. Obviously, we're thinking Bob, right? Because Bob presumably is in an owl. Owls are not what they seem. And when he was floating around, he saw an owl. But whenever I watch TV, I watch them with the subtitles because, uh, it's not super important, but because my daughter's hard of hearing and I'm told that as she gets older, that's another way she can get language from the subtitle. So at first I didn't like it because it was distracting, but now I get used to it. Subtitles. Did you watch this with subtitles? I think I did, but I don't remember what happened. I saw on subtitles. uh, Dale Cooper is is making some pee pee, and it says an owl hoots, and then it says owls hoot. So okay, I'm thinking, I'm thinking that baby Bob is involved, and if he had spirit buddies, he called his spirit pals up, or he can also control owls or something like that. The fact that it wasn't because if we were to assume it was just Bob. Or maybe he was freaking out all the normie owls, right? Like he was uh-huh. like, he was like, whoo, whoo. And then all the others like, whoo, whoo, <laughs> this one's a human spirit. Anyway, I just noticed that there were more than one owl is what I'm saying. And I think when I listened, you can tell there are more than one owl. But And then the light. It's interesting because the light is white, which makes you think White Lodge. Yeah. So I'm going to go with that train of thought. I think whoever that person was is a member of the White Lodge. Okay. I think that person could be the giant. I don't know if it was big. I didn't go back to like. And I'm sure if any, like, super Twin Peaks fans are listening, I'm sure there's somewhere, like, a a chart, you know, where they do, like, well, compared to this branch, this person should be this tall. It could be the giant. It might be someone else. I think whoever is in the White Lodge did not want Major Briggs to reveal those secrets to oh. Coop. And even though Coop has the, the power, right, and that Coop is – we all know he's a good guy. I think the White Lodge is not convinced – about it. Or or somehow they think that Coop shouldn't be a member because it would bring the attention of Bob. Oh. And if Bob if Bob is one thing and the darkness is in the wood is another thing, they may be the same thing or they may be something different. The White Lodge does not want two things on their tail. They're already dealing with the darkness in the woods, which we don't know a lot about. So Snap. I know, right? Oh, my goodness. Why do I sound like... It's so funny. It's actually fitting that we start this episode <laughs> with... Sound like I sound like... A, so, anyway, listen to me. They're about to shut me down. Guys, so, anyway, the White Lodge, they don't want you to know. I do sound... I do get, like, really intense. Like, I, I sound like a maniac, probably. And the White Lodge doesn't want them to know. They already got two enemies in there. One's in the arches and one, and one's Bob and an owl. And there's multiple owls. Listen to the owls. Speaking of which, just real quick, the log lady, I still haven't seen a lot of her, you know, which still leads me to believe I will see more of her for her to be such a, and I don't know if I can use the word iconic, but she feels like a main, when people talk about Twin Peaks, they mention the log lady, you know, so. (sighs) 
Oh, nap time. Me. I'm so sorry. <laughs> That's okay. It's nap time. The medication I take makes me tired. Yeah. All right. Eric. Huh. What is your quotable quotation for this episode? Uh, this was a great episode. I don't think there were a ton of quotes mm-hmm. that I really loved. Uh, mine is from uh, Special Agent Dale Cooper. Major, I'm going to take a moment here. I feel the call to nature. There's nothing quite like urinating in the open air. <laughs> oh, just to continue upon that quote, because that was also my quote. Yes! He says, uh, I look forward to hearing more about this White Lodge when I return from my journey. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny, because it, it really is like, it really is like, here's a mystery. You know, and he's like, well, because couldn't he just, I would be like, let me hold it. Like, how yeah. bad does he have to pee? It, maybe he's been holding it, because they've been having such a good conversation. Well, you can't pee, you can't really pee in the middle of, well, yeah, you can. I was going to say, they're making s'mores. Or marshmallows. We yeah. don't know if they're doing whole s'mores, but you could have asked Briggs to just hold this stick. Yeah. The stick holding the marshmallow. <laughs> <laughs> Not to be confused with anything else on his body. <laughs> this guy- I, also, I also really love this scene, too, because I just... Um, I don't know why, but I love, like, breaking for a bathroom break in the middle of a TV show. Because, like, yes. you know... In TV, we very rarely do mundane things yeah. because we're, we've got action, we've got mysteries, we've got comedy, we've got drama, we've got to do things. We don't have time to go to the bathroom. And, like, it's always, it's not realistic that no one would go to the bathroom at all, like, during or, a TV show. you ever watched a show 24? Yes! And I'll be like, has this man gone 24 hours without peeing or pooping? <laughs> I mean, I would be like, this, <laughs> my name's, what, what is that guy's name? Jack Bauer. My name's Jack Bauer. I haven't pooped in 24 hours. <laughs> and then it goes, it goes, boop, <laughs> I mean, that's what I'm always thinking about. When oh. is this man peeing and pooping? Or sleeping. Yeah. I remember in the first season, they had him like fall asleep. Yeah. And then he's like, oh my God, I gotta wake up and go solve the mystery and stop the crime or whatever. But I liked that because I was like, well, yeah, you would fall asleep. You've been up for 24 hours. I thought but that then, was smart. But then like the next, like, I don't know how many seasons of 24 they did. The like next 12 seasons, he was just like a Superman. Like he never stopped. He was running on a He never slept. He never pooped. And he never, <laughs> I don't think he ever ate either. Like he's ate or drank water. You need water, sir. You're sweating. You're running around. His head is just caked in salt because he like, ran out of sweat. You're going to get dehydrated. Like, I'm worried about you, Jack Bauer. So mm. I appreciated this moment where we see that Dale Cooper is a human and sometimes he needs to answer the call of nature. He's the best damn agent I know. He never poops. He never pees. He literally doesn't need food. He doesn't need sleep. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I know this is a thing that, that happens a lot in, in video games. I think they're getting better where you go into a person's house, like in a game, no toilet. Does no one have a toilet in this whole house? You know? What's the first thing you do if you're looking to buy a house? How many toilets are there, right? Yeah. You may even need to use a toilet when you're looking at a house. You know? <laughs> so interesting. Anyway, that was a really good quote. It was know? a good have quote. Have you ever, random, have you ever urinated in the outdoors? Uh, no, you know, I think that's a guy thing. Yeah. Well, I know. That was another you, thing about this quote is yeah. that I was like, I feel like it's a thing that a guy can relate to that well, a girl can't. I should tell you, when he said that, a part of my brain was like, yeah, buddy, it is awesome. Yeah, so, for a girl, we're sitting there thinking like, oh, we got to find oh a place God, to God, I hope there's no snakes and, down yeah. here, you know? <laughs> exactly. Meanwhile, guys like, I'm going to pee on that bee. <laughs> 
<laughs> I just what you're walking around you're like what out here can I pee on? Yeah, boy, it is pretty oh, awesome. Co- Coop knows what's up. <laughs> oh, Eric, who is your MVP <sighs> of this episode? my mvp of this episode was this is a great episode i don't think any one person really stood out Mm -hmm. but if i was to pick one it would probably be agent cooper just because it was centered around i thought the way he handled particular conversations and also where he handled this man loves being an fbi agent yeah takes a lot of pride in his job and he takes a lot of pride in doing what's right and now the the rules of his job and what he feels is what's doing right are not they're not gelling, right? You they're know, not he, copacetic. he did what he think is he did what he thought was right in the moment, and he knew he was breaking his rules, and it's come back to get him. And you could, I thought that, uh, I thought that he, you could see it on his face, like the way he was being acted. Yeah. You know, who's yeah. your MVP? I was gonna pick Coop, ah. but then I thought I can't pick him for every episode. I just, I think I just have picked you ever him. figured out like how many episodes? I wish we kept track. Like I really wish on our site we kept track of how many. We should, we should go back and like make a chart or something. Yeah. Um, so I, I decided that I wouldn't pick him, and I picked Sarah Palmer. Oh, because interesting. I, she's only in the episode at the very beginning, but I felt like this was like a really good episode for her because she decides to not take drugs. Um, she decides to feel her feelings authentically at the funeral, and um, she has that kind of nice moment. She's she's chatting with Audrey and um, Mrs. Hayward, and she's reminiscing, and yeah. she's saying, you know, even though it's painful, I need to remember all these feelings, and I just feel so bad for her. Her, her she's burying her husband, and. Her only daughter is also dead. And like... We have to remember it's only been, what, two weeks? She even says that yeah. at the beginning of the episode. I think she starts crying because she says there's only a little bit of grass on Laura's grave. It's so sad. I don't know. And it's... It... And they also reveal in this episode, uh, there's a mystery solved that um, Coop says that... that Leland was drugging her. Oh, that is a mystery. I, yeah. I, I miss that. You know, yeah. he was doing it on purpose to keep her safe from the other Leland. Do you think? Or oh, or, how did you interpret that? Or so that he could go do his his deeds, oh, drugging her, when, so that when he said that, I almost thought that it was like if there's Bob and Leland. I thought Leland was punching through. And drugging her to protect her from the memory of him doing terrible things. Oh, see, I was taking it as I've got to go do evil deeds. Let me oh, drug my wife. Like when he killed Maddie. Yeah, so and then that he she won't her. interfere. Yeah, that, I mean, that probably makes more sense. I kind of like the idea of, I mean, who knows, right? Yeah. I, well, David Lynch knows. If you're listening, David, David Lynch. David Lynch, call uh, us. Call email us. us. Same peaksial at gmail.com. Thank we'd you. Love, we'd love I to kind of like the idea. Because we know that Leland was fighting Bob, right? Yeah. You know? And so certain ways and we know that bob wasn't like always there like leland had his life and then he would black out or whatever and i kind of like the idea of leland punching through and even though you know he's dragging his wife that's scary but he's dragging her to like protect her from the the horrific things that he's doing when he is bob 
By the way, one thing I felt kind of bad about, she's describing Bob, which I forgotten she had seen him, yeah. which helps her, which makes more sense about why she would believe Coop. Because yes. if she hadn't seen him, that'd be kind of weird. Yes. But she did. She describes his long, greasy hair. Yeah. Dirty hair. But did you, you know how you read, uh, um, what's the book I, I gave you that I'm borrowing back from you? Yes. What is it called? Uh, Catching the Big Fish. Catching the Big Fish by David Lynch. He describes, did you read that part where he describes how there's someone who was... Someone was crouched by and he was in the shot and he decided to just keep it in the film, yeah. which we are to presume is... Is Frank Silva. The, yeah, the actor yeah. who turns out to be Bob, right? Yeah. Which means that if the first time we see him was an accident, like he was just on set, means that his long, greasy, dirty hair is not a costume. <laughs> he just had dirty hair, right? <laughs> which makes me feel bad. Well, she was she was just biased. <laughs> yeah, you know? I know. Of course, she's going to say that about an I evil, mean, evil demon that was just, possessing her husband and murdering her what's daughter. What's the name of the actor who plays Bob? Uh, Frank Silva. I would love to hear from him because can you imagine you're on the set and you're doing something else, right? Yeah. Lights or something. Yeah. And then you're, you're in the show. And yeah. You're not only in the show. You're like the main antagonist. Yeah. How does that feel? I know. And also, how did he get so good at doing this? And Tess, describe, <laughs> describe for the listeners what I'm doing. He's, he's like doing that crazy face with the teeth. Oh, man. Oh, I mean, man. that's so good. Yeah, you he know? was great. What a great actor. <sighs> Eric. Yeah. How, how many, many fish in a, in a percolator, percolator would you, you give this episode? episode? You'd never guess. There was a fish in the percolator. <laughs> I felt bad because you were always asking me. I felt like I should alternate. Like you, oh, okay. you were always asking me, not which is fine. I just felt like I should ask, how many fish in a percolator would you give this episode? I gave it four out of five fish in yeah. a percolator. I thought it was a really good episode. I love the beginning where we get to kind of visit with a lot of characters that we haven't gotten to, you know, percolate with for a while. Or uh, fish with. <laughs> we haven't got to fish around with them for a while. Um, and uh, I uh, I loved Cooper in this episode and I'm learning more about him and his backstory and uh, kind of the um, indication of going forward his, you know, the new mysteries yeah. and stuff. I liked it. It was a good episode. Four right. out of five. Four out of five is solid. I, I thought about this, and I was thinking about four out of five, but I wrote a number down, and I have to go with my gut. Yeah. Five fish jammed in this percolator. Do it. I really liked it. it. I thought it was, it was a good episode. I'm a big fan of, because, well, I guess up until, because I don't know when the timestamp was, like when it's revealed that Coop is like under investigation. Yeah. But before that happened, it was like just a day in the life of Twin Peaks. Yeah, you know, and I love episodes like that. Like usually, like um, you ever are you familiar with the? This is a poor example, but this is the first thing I can think of. Like the anime Dragon Ball Z. Okay, no, I'm not. Yeah. So Dragon Ball Z, they're always fighting and they're always blowing up mountains and they're so strong they can blow up whole planets. And fights last like thirty episodes. Like it's a thirty episode long fight. But whenever they're done, like what they call like a saga, like this big storyline, there's usually like. Four or five or sometimes more episodes of just, like, these weird, like, what some fans that just like the fighting would call throwaway episodes. But it's just, like, 
<laughs> like everyday mundane stuff. Like they would be like, we need a fight to save the universe. And then they'll have five episodes of like, oh boy, I hope I can get my driver's license today. <laughs> or like, oh, did you know it was Bulma's birthday? We got to get her a birthday cake. And I love that. So, like, I love the idea of like Jack Bauer. We talked about 24. Yeah. What does he do when it's not the worst day of his life? Yeah. That's what I like, uh-huh. you know? Or like Captain America. What the heck does this dude do when he's not Captain America? See, just riding around on his... On his motorcycle? Like trying to figure out a smartphone. Probably just Googling constantly. I have no clue. Like that's the stuff that I really like. And I kinda wish in a in a in another world that this episode that we went a whole episode and then it's revealed that he's under investigation and uh-huh. the White Lodge showed up. Because I like that. Like I like that, like, okay, let's chill out a bit. We need a breather, right? We just right. went through we went through an emotional ordeal akin to capturing the Joker, right? Right. Granted, it was three days later, right? Yeah. Three? Three days three. later. It was three days later, so they got to have a breather. We as the viewers did not get to have a breather. But I like those episodes. And there was also there was a, a comic storyline. Uh, I wish I remember what it was called, but there was uh like when Wonder Woman was rebooted in 1986, she had like a storyline that involved Ares and like it introduced the characters again and it was like the end of the world and all mm-hmm. that big heavy stuff. And then when it was done, they had like just one issue and the entire issue was just like letters people were writing to Wonder Woman, like characters uh-huh. and like, hey, Julie's going back to school today. And another one's like, well, I miss you, Wonder Woman, but it's Steve, uh, Steve Trevor, right? Like, because he was in there and he, he survived in the comics. He didn't die like in the movie. Uh, and spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. <laughs> spoiler alert. But like, he'll be like, this is what I'm up to. And I just love that. Like, it was a whole issue, not a single punch thrown. Just like, boy, the seasons are really changing, you know? And I like that about this episode. Five out of five fish. I wonder how many fives I've given. I don't know. I wish we, we should had, go back and do that, yeah, too. I wish we had an internship where we can just have an intern <laughs> to kind of work on the website and... Uh, <laughs> Anyway, um, this is a really good episode, and I've enjoyed discussing it with you, Mista. Sweet. Well, let's do it again sometime. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe in a fortnight. In a, in a few weeks. Um, <laughs> thank you all for listening to uh, Same Peaks, y'all. If you want to email us, email samepeaksyall at gmail.com. If you want to tweet at us, tweet at same team, y'all. If you really like me and Eric. Yep. You can listen to our mother cast, Same Team Y'all, where we talk about stuff we love and tell stories from the library mm-hmm. and share life lessons that we've learned. It's the mother to this cast. Yeah. This mo- if our two casts, uh, Same Team Y'all would be the mama, and Same Peaks Y'all would be the daughter, and Same Team Y'all would braid Same Peaks Y'all's <laughs> hair and say, you know what? You are too good for him. Just like that. And St. Peaks y'all would say, I love you, mama. And same team y'all would say, I love you too, daughter. <laughs> On that note, Eric, would you like some coffee? Oh, yeah. Let me drink some right now. Oh, boy, oh this coffee's hot. Real good and hot. Aces. Aces. <laughs>